Next, this month's special series, Focus on Geriatric Medicine and Aging. ReachMD talks to experts about new thinking and innovations in the treatment of conditions of the aging body and mind. Airline pilots are required to retire at 60. Should there be an age at which surgeons are required to retire? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Laser Greenfield. Dr. Greenfield is former professor and chairman of the Department of Surgery at the University of Michigan School of Medicine. Since retiring from this role, he served as Interim Executive Vice President for Medical Affairs and Interim CEO of the University of Michigan Health System and a consultant to the FDA and to the Medical Product Surveillance Network and Editor-in-Chief of the Surgery News as well as the American College of Surgeons web portal. Dr. Greenfield has published hundreds of book chapters and peer-reviewed articles and two major textbooks on surgery. Perhaps, however, he is most well-known for the Greenfield Filter. Welcome, Dr. Greenfield. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be with you. Today we are discussing retirement and memory. Dr. Greenfield, it seems that as surgeons, we get better with age in terms of having great experience and improving our technical expertise. Is there an age when we are at our optimum, and is there an age when we should stop practicing surgery? I think we always feel that we are at a premium age and performing well, but surgeons are interesting in that we have difficulty recognizing when changes occur. Why is that, sir? I think it's because we have almost total identity with the performance of surgery, and we tend to restrict our practice to some extent as we get older. We recently did a survey, got information that suggested that surgeons tend to reduce the complexity of the cases they do as they get older. Why do you think that is? I think they recognize certain changes within themselves, whether it's more fatigability or less willingness to undertake very long and complex procedures or uh, whether there are other changes related to memory and uh, recognition. Well, how do you separate in terms of getting older, let's say, in the operating room, cognitive ability, memory, technical ability, and judgment? We really can't do a very good job of that. The information that we have is in a very preliminary form because we've only done tests that suggest that surgeons tend to track along a cognitive decline pretty much uh, along with the rest of the population. Tell me about that study, Dr. Greenfield. This was a study that we started with the help of the American College of Surgeons, and we set up a booth at the annual clinical congress where we got surgeons who volunteered over age 45 to participate in a computerized test. This is a Cambridge-originating test that is language-indifferent and intelligence-quotient-indifferent, so that it really has pretty wide application and has been well-validated in thousands of controls and reported in hundreds of publications around the world. Well, what did you really study? We studied cognitive changes in volunteer surgeons who were attending the annual clinical congress of the American College of Surgeons and were able to utilize a computerized test that was not sensitive to either the individual's native language or to IQ. Well, how did you do that? These 
tests are originally utilized to recognize changes in uh, cognitive function over a pretty wide span of ages and uh, intellectual abilities. They measure specific functions such as reaction time, uh, movement time, ability to learn, and ability to recognize patterns. How did you study reaction time? There's a resting platform that the individual rests his or her hand on, and then in response to a signal from the screen, the individual releases from the platform and touches the screen. And what was really fascinating about that is that although surgeons' own performance tends to deteriorate with time, what we found is that for every age group, surgeons performed much better than their age-matched controls. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. We were uh, really curious about it. In another study that we reported earlier this year, we tested medical students who had been accepted into surgical training programs. We wanted to see whether this performance ability was something that was self-selected or a product of that individual's training. And what we found was that these medical students were performing at the same accelerated level that other surgeons were, and in fact, were better than their peers uh, at every age level. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is renowned surgeon, professor, teacher, author, and inventor, Dr. Laser Greenfield. Today we are discussing retirement and memory. Dr. Greenfield, in the study you were referring to, did it also analyze memory? It analyzed short-term memory. We relied on self-reports of problems with long-term memory and name recognition. And those two features could be related to an individual surgeon's decision to retire only indirectly. Uh, that is that the surgeons who had pre-selected a date to retire were more likely to report problems with name recognition and memory recall, whereas those who plan to retire when their skills decline are at another interval that had not been selected were less likely to do so. Well, I'm afraid to ask you, sir, what were your findings? What we found was that there is a relationship between cognitive changes and an individual surgeon's age, but that the surgeons do a very poor job, as most people do, of actually recognizing their own cognitive decline. In fact, many of them tended to overreact to what would ordinarily represent a normal cognitive decline. Well, what are we talking about as far as age? When we age, we lose certain abilities to recall in short-term memory, to process information, and some of the visual associated performance tasks. In time, there are various adjustments that can be made, and I think, uh, as I mentioned before, most surgeons tend to adjust their practices, but we see some of the problems arise in technology. Surgeons are less likely to keep abreast of the new technology, and we know from other reports that physicians in all fields tend to underperform their peers in terms of uh, certain kinds of outcomes and in following what are generally accepted standards of clinical practice. At what age did you start seeing a decline? We saw that the changes 
that occur in every age group, which tend to appear in the 50s and begin to accelerate in the 60s and into the 70s. But these are quite variable, and it isn't clear that one can successfully predict when an individual reaches a level uh, which might interfere with his or her clinical practice. Well, this information, how can it be put to use? We're still trying to reach that conclusion. What I believe, just on the basis of uh, what I've learned from talking to surgeons and from reviewing these tests with neuropsychologists, is that surgeons who are sensitive to these changes would really benefit from the ability to track their own performance over time. And I think if we had a generally accessible private test that an individual could take repeatedly, that individual could track uh, his or her performance over a period of time and identify changes that might or might not be tracking along with expected changes with age. Now, doesn't it appear that to be a good surgeon in the operating room requires algorithmic thinking, good judgment, the ability to utilize experience and situations that you've encountered in the past, and that seems to take a long period of time, and you would think that the surgeon would already be well into their 40s or 50s when they have seen all that they need to see to make good decisions in the operating room. Yes, and I think surgeons are very conscious of this requirement. It's interesting that as a specialty, we work very hard to establish the process and standards by which we let people into the business, but we haven't done a very good job of identifying the markers when people should begin to get out of the business, and that's something that I think we should be paying a little bit more attention to. Patients are certainly sensitive to this, but so far, all that we have to really rely upon our outcomes, and we would hate to have to rely on bad outcomes to reach that conclusion. Has there been any evidence that the older surgeons have had worse outcomes? We've seen some reports that relate advanced age of surgeons with poorer outcomes in selected major procedures. We reported on such a study last year when we reviewed the Medicare data and related that to surgeons' age. But what we found was that surgeon performance in only three areas, carotid procedures, coronary artery bypass, and pancreatectomy were the ones where a relationship could be found. But these were related primarily to volumes. That is, the surgeons who did fewer numbers were more likely to have poorer outcomes. So surgeons who were busy and active still seemed to have good outcomes regardless of the age. And I think we can safely tell patients that they ought to be choosing their surgeons on the basis of the surgeon's clinical experience rather than that surgeon's age. I would suppose that it is a dilemma for the patient because most patients do not want to be operated on by someone just out of their training, and they always say that they'd prefer a surgeon with a little gray hair. Yes, I think that's certainly a valid statement. There are, in fact, good data to support the fact that surgeons do improve their outcomes with increasing experience. But there are limits, and there are many stories of surgeons who, for whatever reason, fail to recognize their own limitations as they aged and as their outcomes deteriorated. So what can we really do with this information? Is it just academic, or will it be put to practical use? 
I think it needs further testing before we can put it to active use. At this point, I think we still have to rely on surgeons' individual assessments and those of the individuals who practice with them. I think surgeons are conscientious, recognize the changes that occur in themselves, and generally tend to practice very safely. I want to thank Dr. Laser Greenfield, who has been our guest. We have been discussing retirement and memory. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill. Be sure to check out our website at www.reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Geriatric Medicine and Aging. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, visit us at ReachMD.com. And download ReachMD's iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of medical news and information that you enjoy, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download the Medical Radio app today.